despite Steph Curry lighting up the Rockets in the fourth quarter. Some really encouraging signs out of Jalen Green and his performance in this game, as well as really solid all-around games from Kevin Porter Jr. looking every bit the point guard of the future. Christian Wood, a strong double-double, and Josh Christopher continues his solid production off of the bench. We're going to break it all down for you right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. And hey, we sincerely thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. Here to break down the Rockets 122-108 loss at home against the Golden State Warriors, a game in which the Rockets refused to go away. Unfortunately, too much Steph Curry down the line in this one. We're going to talk about that in the actual game flow. We're going to get into some of the good storylines from this game because despite the loss, Jalen Green had some really encouraging signs uh, of production in this game. The stat sheet doesn't quite reflect it, but we're going to dive into his performance as well as the solid evenings from Christian Wood, strong double-double from him. Kevin Porter Jr. Continue to look at, continuing to look every bit the point guard of the future for this Houston Rockets team. And then Josh Christopher, whose play remains incredibly solid off the bench. So where I want to start, though, is with the aggravating bandwagon fans in Toyota Center chanting MVP for Steph Curry. I was I was sick. I was sick when I heard it. During the introductions, I couldn't have been more proud. As soon as you heard Golden State over the intercom, just it, it, just the the raucous amount of booze poured into Toyota Center. I was like, "Okay, all right. I'm proud. This is what it's this is what it should be." As Steph Curry was on fire in the fourth quarter, at one point, he makes it to the free throw line, and we're hearing MVP chants. And I could not, I was beside myself. It, that that should never happen in Toyota Center for Steph Curry. All those, all, everybody who's chanting MVP for Steph Curry inside Toyota Center needs their Houston card revoked. We need some action from Mayor Sylvester Turner, like something. You know, we need some government intervention here. It was something that I never thought I'd see at Toyota Center, honestly. And unfortunately, it came to the tune of Steph Curry's 21 fourth quarter points, which is the most amount of fourth quarter points Steph Curry has ever scored in a game, except for the one time he scored 23 fourth quarter points in game six of the Western Conference semifinals against the Houston Rockets in 2019. Because, of course, it had to be the Rockets that he did it against so it would have been really nice to take this W from the Warriors, given how close the Rockets played them in their previous matchup. And obviously that game ending with a Steph Curry buzzer beater, the first of his career as well. Steph Curry just likes playing against the Rockets. But going to get into the game flow a little bit of this one in segment two, but I want to focus here in the rest of segment one on 
Kevin Porter Jr. and his continued performance as the point guard for this team. KPJ finishes the evening 17 points, 11 assists, 6 of 13, shooting 5 of 9 from the three-point line, really, really working that three ball in this game. And it's become a trend for Kevin Porter Jr. to start off these games in, in this recent stretch of, you know, since he basically since he came back from his injury. It's becoming a trend that KPJ is starting off games with three, four, sometimes five assists early. He's working to get his teammates so involved in the offense. And in the games that we saw the Rockets play without KPJ, things looked stagnant. Like, I mean, things did not look good out there without KPJ. And that's a testament to how good he has looked orchestrating this Rockets offense. He finished the first half with eight assists and just one turnover. The eight assists tying his career high for dimes in a half. And unfortunately, things got a little murky there in the third quarter. And that's been kind of the sticking point for him is, you know, not having a quarter that's going to unravel. And I think that at times he was doing a little bit too much in that third quarter. We saw him kind of over dribbling on one possession. And at one point he's trying to split through like three different Warriors defenders and he turns the ball over. He had another one of those uh, one handed whip passes trying to get it to Jalen Green on a cut. And immediately, like, you know, ball goes sailing out of bounds, just like the last time we talked about this pass that he had, uh, you know, trying to create something for Jalen Green against the Spurs. And he immediately, right, turns the ball over, pats his chest, looks at looks at Coach Steven Silas and says, that's on me, that's my bad, I'm sorry. So he understands it. It's, it's unfortunate that the second half wasn't as productive for him from a facilitating standpoint because he did have four turnovers to just three assists in the second half. But overall, he felt very calm, cool, collected in how he was performing. And I think the area for me, not, you know, kind of in addition to his facilitating, which has grown tremendously, it really does feel like he's kind of leveled up as a playmaker. It's becoming easier for him to find those reads on a nightly basis. The turnovers, you still want to cut down and you don't want to see those moments where the turnovers mount and they kind of snowball and he gets like two, three, four turnovers in a row. Sure. But it's the balancing act of, of being a scorer throughout the game while also being a playmaker because KPJ was largely did not look for his own shot whatsoever in the first half of this basketball game, which is what led to him, you know, racking up eight, eight assists across the first half of play. So and then he kind of he kind of let the offense just come to him in the second half. Again, he had the five of nine from three-point range on the way to 17 points. And it didn't quite feel like he was forcing the issue much at all offensively. I would like to see him be a little bit more successful when it comes to driving to the rim because he's so explosive and he's a quality finisher when he can get in there. But so far, it's just kind of felt like his game has been very perimeter-oriented as of late. And that's not necessarily a bad thing when the three ball is falling, but as far as being a dynamic scorer and being able to score at all three levels, KPG hasn't really done that as of late. He's basically been like, you know, kind of a three and D point guard almost. He's had some drive, you know, the occasional drive here and there where he gets a quality finish, but not nearly as consistent as he probably should be from that angle of his game. And I don't know if that's because he's trying to cut back on 
driving into the defense and turning the ball over that way, whatever it is, it's just striking those, you know, that balancing act between being the primary facilitator, being a threat to score the basketball, keeping the three ball going. And it's a lot of different variables that KPJ has to keep track of as the point guard of this team. But so far I'm very encouraged by his performances as of late. And again, not short of this performance in this one, even though Steph Curry went off to the tune of 40 points, he had to work for every single one of those buckets. I mean, KPJ was hounding Steph all night. Jay Sean Tate had Steph Curry in hell on a couple of different possessions. Even Christian Wood, who we're going to talk about a little bit later on, his performance. I mean, Christian Wood looked phenomenal on some of these switches where he had to go out and guard Steph Curry on the perimeter, doing a good job of sticking with him, keeping track of him, relocating to him, being you know the help side defender, and then also getting back to Steph Curry to contest shots on the, on the perimeter. Christian Wood did a phenomenal job as a switch defender in this game. Can't say enough good things about that. But coming up, I want to get into some of the game flow of this one, and we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives. Whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or you're raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction that you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without ever leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. And another message from our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, is your car an LX or an EX model? And then you got to wait while the person goes behind the counter to order the parts on their computer. And they're only choosing the brands and specifications that their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when you use rockauto.com. Why would you want to choose to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same car parts from a chain store or car dealership? Best of all, rockauto.com is a family business that have been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And again, the prices, they're always going to be reliably low for every single customer. They don't charge DIYers more you know, for, for the prices for their parts, which is exactly how it should be, right? You don't want to get price gouged when you're shopping for car parts. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure, this is a really important part, when you're checking out, be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. The NBA trade deadline right around the corner, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And look, the Locked On NBA podcast is going to be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube channel and turn on your notifications so that you know when they go live. And hey, the Rockets make a big move at the deadline. You know I'm going to be there to break it down and talk about it. So don't want to miss out. Check out the deadline show. It's going to be great fun. Let's continue on here talking about a little bit of the game flow from this Rockets-Warriors game because 
one, I think this was a game the Rockets probably took a little bit personal based on how the last one ended with the Steph Curry buzzer beater. And they kind of played, they played that way. Like this Rockets team has shown a lot of fight this season. And Steven Silas highlighted that post game talking about the, fa- the fact that there have been very few times this season where he he's felt the team hasn't absolutely fought as hard as they possibly could in a given game. And this was one of those, right? Despite going down, you know, multiple times, double digit leads, you know, trailing this Rockets team found a way to fight back into this game over and over. They, the Warriors hung 38 points on the Rockets in the second quarter. Rockets trailed by nine at halftime, but immediately came out and Christian Wood drilled a three and the Rockets were kind of right back into it. Warriors extended a lead in that third quarter. Rockets kind of whittled that lead down just a little bit. It culminated with the quarter. Uh, Josh Christopher hitting a buzzer beater three to give the Rockets just a little bit of momentum headed into the fourth. And then that combination off the bench of Garrison Matthews, KJ Martin, and Josh Christopher, they put in work in the top of the fourth quarter at one point, cutting the lead to six, and then later on cutting the lead down to four off of a Garrison Matthews three-pointer. Golden State goes on a little bit of a spurt. Then KPJ is back in the game for the closing stretch of minutes, and he hits a three right in Steph Curry's face to make it 108-104, and the Rockets are within four, with like four, four and a half minutes left to go in this game, and then Steph Curry delivers kind of a a one-two punch and hangs five points in a row, one of them being a three, extends the lead 113-104, and that was kind of all she wrote for the Rockets, unfortunately. It was... The the atmosphere in Toyota Center was exactly what you want, though, out of one of these types of games is, you know, KPJ was was dialed in and was talking trash with with Steph Curry all night long and uh, was really, you know, focused on that matchup and, and hounding him all night defensively. And the Rockets really rose to the challenge here. It was just ultimately too much Steph Curry down the stretch of this game. But I want to focus here on Christian Wood because he had another really solid performance, 24 and 13, as well as a couple of assists, a couple steals, had a block. Did have six turnovers, unfortunately. Uh, and a big part of that was some of the uh, struggles for the Rockets while they were trying to fight their way back into this game in that third quarter, uh, having a lot of turnovers in that frame specifically. After just two turnovers in the first half, the Rockets turned the ball over 14 times in the second half. That is not a recipe for winning basketball, unfortunately. But Christian Wood was really dominant in the first quarter of this game. He had 14 and five, and then was just really quiet through the rest of this one. I mean, he had a three in the second quarter. That's all he did there. He had a three to start the third quarter. Um, You know, it was just one of those, it's kind of the duality of Christian Wood, right? Where he's shown an ability to really get things going offensively. And then he kind of like, just disappears the rest of the game. And maybe that's a little bit on the Rockets for not going to him as much down the stretch of this game and really getting him involved in the offense. But at the same time, it didn't necessarily feel like he was as aggressive in the second half, to me at least, as far as looking for his shots, looking for his opportunities the way that he was in the first half, kind of bypassing you know some, some opportunities to drive or to attack the Warriors' defense before it was set, things of that nature. But... Still an impressive performance from him. Would have liked to see him be a little bit more aggressive in that second half and continue what he had been able to do to start this game so well with the 14-5 and instead of kind of tapering off and and kind of disappearing a little bit in that second half. I will throw in here, it was hilarious that at one point when Wood, it was like the start of the second half, right after Wood had hit his three-pointer to start the, the third quarter, they hung a graphic up on the Jumbotron in Toyota Center comparing Christian Wood to Kevon Looney. And it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen because Seawood dumpstered Kevon Looney in every category. I mean, he had 17 points to two points. He was, you know, 
five, you know, four of six from three compared to zero of zero from three. It was, it was very wrong of the Rockets digital department to come up with that graphic and then blast it on the jumbotron. And I mean, wrong in the best possible way. It was hilarious, but uh, this was also kind of potentially like an audition for Christian Wood, right? Because with the Warriors where they're at with, with no Draymond Green for potentially an extended period of time, this Warriors team doesn't ever look the same without Draymond on the floor. And by that same token, this Warriors team is a team that at some point is likely going to have to face and deal with the Phoenix Suns, who look a cut above everybody else in the league at this point. Like the Phoenix Suns may very well be the favorite the odds-on title favorite to, to walk away with it all this season. They just look like a completely well-oiled machine. That said, the Warriors may have to be in a position where they may need to make a move at the deadline to give themselves a chance to win the title this season because right now they're a notch below that Warriors team. And maybe you just bank on Steph Curry and Klay Thompson getting you know unreasonably hot in, in a given series and being able to carry you that way. But if I'm the Warriors, why would you... like? punt on this season or not go, you know, chips all in and make a move for somebody that's going to be able to help you in the here and now and give you a better chance at securing another title in the Steph Curry era. Why would you do that rather than sitting on, right, you know, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga? Yeah, those guys have shown some flashes and they're interesting young prospects, especially Kaminga, but Kaminga's not going to help you win a playoff series this season. He's just not. So it would... It would really surprise me if the Warriors didn't make some kind of a move at the deadline to try and bolster their chances going into the postseason. And maybe Christian Wood is that guy. This Warriors team is a team that lacks a lot of size, and Christian Wood could give them another staple force offensively. And when you talk about a Warriors team that could have Christian Wood and Draymond Green occupying their front court, that's exactly the type of guy that you want playing next to a Christian Wood, somebody that's going to be able to anchor the defense to where C. Wood can just focus on what he excels at, which is being a force offensively, being a dynamic, versatile scorer on that side of the floor, as well as being able to be a switch defender on defense and not having to anchor everything down low for a given team's defense. So, I would very much keep an eye on Christian Wood to the Warriors as a distinct possibility. I know that there was some buzz about that being a destination earlier this season. I wasn't fully convinced that the Warriors needed Christian Wood, but the more that I've watched them this season, I think that he could be the guy that potentially takes them to the next level and puts them on par with where the Phoenix Suns are right now, depending on what they give up. And if you're the Rockets, I think you got to be enticed by a potential James Wiseman and packaged with either Moses Moody or Jonathan Kaminga type package for Christian Wood. Warriors fans may call me delusional, but none of those guys are going to help you win a playoff series right now. Christian Wood absolutely would help them win a playoff series or turn a playoff series into their favor. Now, I do want to highlight here before diving into Jalen Green and I also want to talk a little bit of Alper and Shingun as well. I got to highlight Josh Christopher because Josh Christopher has continued to put together, <coughs> pardon me, some really, really solid production off the bench for this Houston Rockets team. He has earned the minutes that he is playing. He's become a staple in this rotation. And noticeably, Steven Silas moving away from Armani Brooks as part of the Rockets rotation, allocating more minutes to the guys off the Rockets bench, who really the trio off the Rockets bench that continues to put in work on a nightly basis is Josh Christopher, Garrison Matthews, and KJ Martin. Those three guys have looked really well playing off of each other and playing in conjunction at times with Alper and Shingun. Now, Shingun did struggle in this game against the Warriors, and we're going to talk about that specifically in just a moment. But 
that run at the end of the at the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter was orchestrated by Josh Christopher creating multiple op- opportunities for KJ Martin at the rim. He had that one beautiful oh my god the beautiful cutting KJ Martin. Josh Christopher hits him with a bounce pass as KJ's rolling into the lane. Warriors had no idea what was going on. KJ rises up and tomahawk slams the ball through. I mean it was it was again KJ KJ Martin dunks are just loud, but that one had Toyota Center absolutely rock. And then not to mention the passing that Josh Christopher had on display in that fourth quarter, finding Garrison Matthews for the three-pointer to cut it to a four-point lead for the Warriors. Uh, It was an impressive stretch by all three of those guys. And again, quarterbacked by Josh Christopher on his way to 13 points and five assists, no turnovers, just absolutely oozing confidence out there when he's on the floor. The three ball wasn't quite falling for Josh Christopher in this one, just one of six three-point shooting, but he's been so consistent from behind the three-point line as of late that I'm not even like I'm not even going to harp on him for that. Off three-point shooting night, sure. The rest of his game looked really, really good, and that is a promising sign moving forward for this Houston Rockets team. So coming up, I do want to talk a little bit about Jalen Green and his production, as well as Alper and Shingu. I'm going to focus on the two kind of hallmark rookies for this Houston Rockets team. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online Because look, there might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance, performances, props, and where the next fired head coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And look, it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. It'll be a live show recording live with Clutch Fans founder Dave Hardesty, as well as David Wiener at Bema Thug on Twitter, kind of breaking down the expectations and speculation heading into the trade deadline for the Houston Rockets, as well as taking audience questions. So if you tune in live, it'll be on the Locked on Rockets YouTube channel. We're going to be breaking all down our expectations and analysis headed into the trade deadline, as well as answering your questions. Don't want to miss it. Go subscribe to the LOR YouTube channel. And hey, For your second listen today, go check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. Now, rounding third, headed for home. I want to talk a little bit about Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun and their kind of recent struggles for the Houston Rockets because in this game specifically, I think there was a lot to be encouraged by from Jalen Green. Even though the, the box score doesn't necessarily reflect a phenomenal game. I think there were some encouraging signs in this game, namely just the confidence feels a lot different for Jalen Green in this one or felt a lot different in this one, I should say. He finished just two of nine shooting, 10 points, did have five rebounds, two assists, just the one turnover, didn't hit a three, only attempted two of them in this game. But overall, the confidence and the aggression from Jalen Green and how he was looking for his own shot. And he was the big thing to me is he wasn't settling for just the outside looks, right? He wasn't just settling for the outside shots and going to go, you know, one of seven, one of eight, oh, of six, like whatever from three. He was really fighting to try and get going 
at the rim. And that's also why he got six free throws and drilled all six of them in this game as he was aggressive driving to the rim, trying to get something going downhill rather than just settling for those outside looks. And I think if you're Jalen Green, that has to be right. the way that you get yourself going is you need to be willing to drive into the defense and try and create some of that contact and force the issue at the rim rather than settling for the outside shot, especially when you're in a slump, right? Get going at the rim or at the very least, get going at the free throw line and try and build your game back up from there. And I think that's exactly what we saw in this game against the Warriors. It's not like he put it together and had some explosive evening, but it's a promising step in the right direction for Jalen Green and trying to get back on track in what he's able to do on the basketball floor. And I think as well, we're seeing some growth from him in other areas of his game, right? He's becoming a competent rebounder. As far as his defense goes, he's reading pick and roll drives better. He's sticking with guys over screens, fighting through screens, despite the fact that he doesn't quite have the NBA frame to be you know, to, to kind of bully his way through screens yet. He's looking better defensively sticking with guys on that side of the floor. And then offensively, we've seen this, you know, all throughout the season, but as far as navigating the pick and roll, making the right breeds, the right passes, the right decisions offensively, we're seeing that kind of, consistently on that end. So even though he's not translating it to, you know, 20 plus points a night, and even though the three ball is still a bit of a concern at this point, attribute it to a shooting slumps. Jalen Green assessed as much, you know, after the game against the Portland Trailblazers, where he was just like, it's just a slump. You know, I'm in the lab every day. I'm working. I'm going to get it figured out. And I firmly believe that, right? He has the craft and the dedication that you can't help but be optimistic about his future. I will say that good friend of the podcast and soon to be on an episode here, Hair on the tongue. That's not fun. <laughs> Anyways, uh, good friend of the podcast here, uh, Dave Hardesty, Clutch Fans, highlighted this on Twitter, and I thought it was a very accurate assessment of kind of where we're at with the Rockets rookies, and that's to say that Jalen Green is not as skilled as advertised, but is so athletic that you can't help but believe in the upside that he has. And then Alperin Shingun is much more skilled than advertised, but is limited athletically, and it's hard to see any defensive upside with Alp. And I think that's that's kind of a, a great assessment of where we're at with the Rockets right now to this point. Because, yeah, Jalen Green has flashed a lot of potential, but the skill is not nearly quite what we expected coming into this season. However, the work ethic is there, and I'm confident that he's going to be able to, or I'm optimistically confident that he's going to be able to get things figured out on that end. And again, this game against the Warriors was a trend in the right direction for Jalen Green. And then Alperin Shingun to round things out for this episode is, you know, he has shown and flashed all the skill in the world. We saw him recently. He was in the lab with Rockets legend Hakeem Olajuwon working on some post moves and whatnot. And I think with Al P., there's been a distinct difference, I think, as of late with him where he's not nearly as like decisive offensively. It seems like he gets the ball, especially when he gets the ball down low, and he's like waiting for other players to cut to make moves so that he can try and get something, you know, so he can try and create. And a lot of guys are just standing around the perimeter and, you know, there's no movement, nothing happening. And so he winds up, you know, wasting five or six seconds and then starting, you know, to make his move. And then defenses are sending a second guy at him, which is kind of causing some issues down there. And then on top of that, 
with nobody moving offensively, we're not seeing the same motion level that we saw earlier this season where Alpi was able to hit guys for cuts, for easy backdoor, you know, shots at the rim. And ultimately, I think it's a big part of two teams are scouting him. They know what he's good at. They know what he's capable of. And so ultimately it's, he he's not getting nearly the easy looks that he was getting earlier this season. So I'd like to see Alpi be a little bit more quick and decisive with some of his moves, maybe not necessarily waiting to see if he can get other guys involved as much as he does. I know that he likes to get others involved. I know that's a big staple part of his game, but especially when he's down there on the low block, just look to get his right. And ultimately, in this game, I mean, LP was kind of neutralized at times by like Juan Toscano Anderson, right? Like that can't happen. Ultimately, you know, you can't have JTA locking you up if you're supposed to be an ultimate post presence down low. I don't care whether you're a rookie or not. Alper and Shingun needed to be a little bit more aggressive and assertive in this game. And he was aggressive, but it, you know, at times it turned into turnovers. So just another learning opportunity for Alperin, Shangun, and also for the team to realize that they need to accentuate Alpi's skills when he's out there on the basketball floor. And that means moving without the basketball. I think we need to see a little bit more out of KJ Martin, Garrison Matthews, guys that are you know, adept at moving without the basketball, but need to do a little bit more of that when Alpi is on the floor. So those are the thoughts from this Rockets-Warriors game. Unfortunately, the Rockets not able to seek revenge in this one. I will say one more one more toss in here. Eric Gordon has chosen the absolute worst time to go cold from three. He's two for 20 in his last four games. And I know that the Rockets front office is just staring at him like, don't go cold now, man. This is a, this is the wrong time to go cold from three while we're trying to find the right deal to get you to a contender and trying to extract maximum value. So would like to see Eric Gordon get that figured out and get back on track because his three-point shooting this season has been absurdly good. And this is just, again, the worst time for him to go cold from three. But with that, those are the thoughts from this game. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also check out the Locked on Rockets YouTube channel where, hey, our very next show is going to be live on the Locked on Rockets YouTube. Don't want to miss out. Search Locked on Rockets on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. As always, thank you so much for listening and so much for watching. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston, Rockets basketball.